And with that in mind, we'll now go to the orthopedic clinic phone line as we welcome on Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, kind of to take some time out of his day to join us again as he does each and every Tuesday. Justin, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very well. And, of course, already discussing here in the first moments of the show the Auburn LSU game in Baton Rouge. And, Justin, we'll have plenty of time to talk offense here. But uh, I think that although LSU's offense is incredible, we all knew they would put up points. What went wrong for Auburn's defense so early in the game? Because it felt like Auburn got punched in the mouth on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no, I mean, LSU did what they they did. Auburn made some mistakes, wasn't really – you know, LSU kind of preyed on some of the the areas that Auburn struggled with and tweaked some things. You know, had guys – you know they use their running backs a little bit more in the passing game than they used to, and yeah, it just kind of it kind of just snowballed from there. Auburn did not play with the effort and the energy that they needed to play with in order to to make this game um, you know competitive. And you know I think the way Auburn played on offense, it was always going to be hard to you know stay competitive in this game. But the defense did not do itself any favors. It felt like guys' heads were dropping, body language wasn't great, tackling effort wasn't great, uh, and you know. Throughout the last few days, we have heard Auburn defensive players, you know, and and Hugh Freeze talk about like, hey, we got to be better than that because this defense, um, you know, it's it's going to have to survive off of that energy and that juice. This team is not very deep on defense. It's not, you know, stacked with elite talent. But we saw them, you know, Auburn had a chance to beat Georgia because of its defense. It hung in the game longer than it probably should have against A and M because of its defense. It won the game against Cal because of its defense and so you've got to keep doing that the rest of the season and you just didn't against LSU and that's why it was a 30-point loss. Justin after seeing the offense play against LSU a team that by any statistic had been struggling mightily on defense I mean is there any path forward real I mean uh, for this for this at least passing attack of the Auburn offense because I, I know they did get their first 100-yard output in several Power 5 games, but still incredibly underwhelming for what LSU brings to the table defensively. I mean, what's, what are some of the areas that still realistically they can still find some improvement on? They can they can tweak some stuff. Uh, they can change some, some, some strategies, some personnel, but this, you kind of are who you are at this point. And I think it's become very clear here recently that Auburn – is not trusting Robbie Asher to run the full scope of the offense. They are using him more in this package, but it is just that. It is a package. Um, keep in mind, I mean, he threw the ball four times against uh, against LSU. All of those passes were to Brandon Frazier. All of these were in heavier sets, uh, either with multiple running backs or multiple tight ends on the field. He's not running the full scope of the offense, and Auburn has not chosen to do that. They've just used him more in these specific packages. So any Auburn fans in here saying – they need to play Robbie Ashford. They need to start Robbie Ashford and all that. I get it. I understand where you're coming from. I, I also think that you know, this staff just does not – they have not planted the seeds to do that, at least on the field this year. Now, maybe you change some things up in practices or anything like that, but I do think they are going to be committed to this two-quarterback system moving forward at the halfway point. You kind of are who you are personnel-wise. Um, what can they do to get better? I mean, it's tough because, you know, I think, you know, they – they're going to be limited in scope, and I wrote about this today. Is there ever, your passing game is always going to be limited in scope when you don't have enough playmakers out wide, and that's the situation Auburn finds itself in. Your most reliable pass catchers this year are Jay Fair, uh, Javarius Johnson when he's healthy, and Rivaldo Fairweather, and you've got other tight ends as well. Out wide, Tanner Brown's made a few plays, but that's it. Um, you know, Shane Hooks has played a lot, but his metrics are not very good. 
uh, efficiency-wise. Hadn't got anything from Jagger Shorter and Nick Marner, the transfers you got. Malcolm Johnson Jr. has made a couple plays, but you know, mostly against you know against UMass. Um, you know, Coy Moore has been banged up. Like this offense just does not have the dudes on the outside to be kind of a full-fledged what they want to do on the outside. So, what do you do? Maybe you play Cameron Brown a little bit more. Maybe you play Rivaldo Fairweather more as a split out wide receiver, which we saw him do some against LSU, and then just try to manage it from there. But you know, I, I think this Auburn team is just going to have to be a lot more creative and selective with what they do in the passing game. And maybe it'll be time just to run the ball more and just say, hey, you know, forget what forget what's happening uh, in the box. Forget what the defense is doing. We're just going to have to lean even harder on the running game because, um, you know, it's just even, even on those plays where throwing the ball in the RPO is the right call, um, you know, pulling it back and letting and turning it loose, they just don't have a high enough success rate on it to justify doing it over and over and over again. Um, so you, you can change the strategy. So, I mean, there's things you can tweak. And, you know, second half of the season, you're not playing as tough a team. Now, LSU's defense wasn't very good, but you're not playing as talented of players or teams until you get to the Alabama game on paper. But, I mean, you know, I, I don't expect this Auburn offense to just automatically just to, and magically just become this, like, red-hot attack, at least through the air. Uh, this year, uh, I think they just need to, you know, get some sort of a threat going uh, and just kind of maintain just being, I mean, average at best would be, you know, the the ultimate goal for this for this passing attack. Justin, we saw three Tigers make their first career starts on uh, on Saturday. What were your thoughts on how they did? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Caleb Burton is another one of those guys you you talk about where it's like, hey, you see some you see some uh, some potential, you see some flash in there. He's worked hard. He's under six feet tall, and it's going to be hard. I mean, again, he's not a big enough dude to, you know, be a outside guy for you very often. Um, same thing with Javarius Johnson. Same thing with Jay Fair. So it's just kind of like it's tough because I think the problem with Auburn's offense, more than anything else, is that the areas where they have depth and they have playmakers are all kind of concentrated, you know, with one another. Um, you don't have consistency at quarterback right now. You don't have consistency with your outside receivers but you got running backs and tight ends so you can lean on that as much as possible and, and there were some Auburn fans this week kind of going like why didn't they use more tight ends use more running backs and like they did they, they absolutely did in this game it's just it, it limits you on what kind of the full scope you can do with your offense um, but I did think Burton's a guy that you can you can get creative with find him find him ways to get on the field um, let's see uh, Keldrick Falk you know, making his first career start, thought he played well, uh, you know, for a freshman in that situation. Auburn's defensive front is just, uh, they just, I mean, it's been kind of the thing we talked about since the preseason. Like, they don't really have, um, you know, a strong, like, four-man pass rush. They got some guys who can make some plays. Keldrick's been one of them. Marcus Harris has been one of them. Um, but, you know, Jalen McLeod's been, been one of them at times. But it's just, consistently, it's, it's just tough for this defense to kind of play at the level that we've expected. Because there isn't a, Colby Wooden or a Derek Hall or you know a Derek Brown or a, you know, any of those guys on this team, so it's been an adjustment to see that. And I'm blanking on whoever the third starter would have been in this game. Can you help me out here? Uh, it was Ryan. Do you have it? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It was Caleb Burton, Keldrick Falk, and uh, the the third one. Was, I had it yesterday. I, 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 I thought about it. I had it yesterday here on a piece of paper, but I, I do not have it in front of me. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to recommend. I think it might have been Caleb Wooden. Um, yeah, I think it technically would have been Caleb. I, don't know, I think Caleb you're right. Like, I, I think yeah. you're right. 
Yeah, um, and that was you know that was a case of you know Jalen Simpson not being 100 percent and knowing that they can't go couldn't go full blast with him. You know, Caleb played a decent amount of ball. You know, it's just I mean I'm not gonna gonna pick on him specifically. I thought Auburn, you know, I thought he played fine when he was out there. It's just you know Jalen Simpson's their really their best weapon on defense, um, and so you need to play him as much as possible. But you know, again, uh, you go back to back go back to that play. You know, the, the turnover. Um, Jalen just making a play in the air. DJ James takes advantage of it. Um, you need depth. And, again, it kind of goes back to what I said about running backs and tight ends. Auburn's got depth in the secondary. Doesn't really have a ton of depth everywhere else. And then, Justin, you know, we, we always come on, you know, we, we have you on. We talk offense. We talk defense. Something that's been a bright spot for Auburn this year has been that special teams. You've had McPherson, I think he said, what, 12 field goals in a row. And then Oscar Chapman, uh, at least this past weekend, uh, hit two 50-plus yard punts that kind of, you know, extended his uh, number of 50-plus uh, yard punts. Talk about the, the Auburn special teams right now. Yeah, outside of a big punt return by LSU, I mean, our you know, sorry, big kick return by LSU, it was a good game for Auburn special teams. So I thought Auburn special teams has played fairly well this year. Um, you need that when you are not as deep and not as talented, um, you know, in some of these matchups that that you need to be. Um, you need your special teams to kind of play above their heads. Say they've done a good job, specialists have taken care of it. You know, I think that they're going to continue to be weapons for this team. Um, and I think coming up in these games, moving ahead, starting with Ole Miss this week, but obviously with State, Arkansas, Vanderbilt coming up. Um, these are games where Auburn does not have the gigantic talent gap that they have with Georgia and A&M and LSU. So in that, in that sense, um, you still need your special teams to play, play really well um, for sure. Um, but, you know, I think Auburn's got a potential to be in closer ball games um, and, you know, have more of a fighting chance to get some wins, string some wins together. Special teams is definitely going to play a part of that. Switching over to the recruiting side of things, uh, we, we've been talking about the lack of the, the talent on the roster and, and things like that. Uh, been some good recruiting news going on, but here in the last few days been some bad recruiting news with some guys decommitting. Is that a, becoming an area of concern with guys dropping? No, I, I, I don't think so. I think Auburn, like, you know, with Jaden Lewis decommitting today, it seems to be kind of a was a mutual decision, or but I think it's one of those things where Auburn's got different targets on their board. He was a guy that uh, committed very early in this class, and I think Auburn's got plenty of four-star and five-star types of talent in the in the secondary um, that they may have a little bit higher up then, and you know might be kind of shifting their priorities. And Lewis might be you know kind of seeing hey um, you know kind of where Auburn's priorities are as well. Um, I talked to a couple of people today, weren't surprised by the news of, of Lewis. Kind of felt like that was something. Uh, that was coming. Um, so, you know, I, I think Auburn, you know, the losses that they've had in recruiting the decommitments have largely been at positions of strength. Um, so, I mean, I think you'll, you'll live with those for sure. Um, but you got to keep stacking uh, for the future. Um, should be a big recruiting weekend this weekend. A lot of visits coming in. Get a big 2025 uh, defense alignment commitment from Birmingham uh, this weekend as well. I think he's a He's a really good kind of like gap plug-in type of defensive lineman that Auburn's going to need more of in the future. So, um, you know, you, you never want to see a kid decommit, obviously, but um, I think Auburn feels like they're in a pretty good position, uh, especially in the secondary. They've still got uh, a lot of talent back there. Talking to Justin Ferguson here on the Tuesday edition of Sports Call of the Auburn Observer. A couple more for you, Ferg. Uh, looking ahead to Ole Miss this weekend, another incredible challenge for the Auburn defense as Ole Miss custom putting up a lot of points. Ole Miss put up 48 on the Tigers at Hemingway last year. Of course, LSU just put up 48 
this past week on Auburn. What, what what kind of ground can the defense make up having to improve from LSU week against this uh, really good Ole Miss offense? Yeah, I think if you look at Auburn and say, hey, if we've – I mean, we're capable of playing well against good offenses. We've seen them do that. Obviously, they had a good stretch against A.M. Georgia, they did really well against they're playing in Jordan-Hare Stadium. they got to get up. They can't have the slow start that they had. If they get punched in the mouth, they've got to rally. they got to play with more juice, more effort, more energy. Um, they got to do better this week. I think last week was a wake-up call for this Auburn defense that, hey, you know, you got to be at the at the A, A, you know, A++ plus plus your A++ plus plus game every game this year for Auburn to have a chance. Um, and I think talking to players uh, this week, that's kind of been the sense we've got from them is that, you know, they feel like being back in Jordan-Hare – um, is going to help a lot and just kind of getting that wake-up call. Uh, Ole Miss is going to get their yards. They're going to move. Um, but this is, you know, remember two years ago when Ole Miss came in here and they had a really good offense and Auburn ended up winning. What did they do? Forced turnovers, forced turnovers on downs. A lot of the stuff we talked about with LSU last week, you know, force those guys to kick um, in drives with kicks instead of, you know, extra points, uh, whether that's punts or field goals. Um, you know, forced turnovers. Like, they – that all still applies from this game. Just last week against LSU, Auburn got punched in the mouth, didn't really respond. By the time they did have a good little stretch in the middle of the game in the second quarter where they, you know, strung together some stops, well, Auburn's offense couldn't, couldn't retaliate, um, couldn't help them out, and then they fell back down again in the second half. Um, you got to keep your energy up. You got to keep your effort levels up. You're not going to dominate this old Miss team by any means. But you're playing in a night game and during here seems to be a lot of energy, a lot of emotion. Feed off that as much as possible and keep holding the rope. And uh, maybe Auburn can hang in there. And then lastly, Ferg, we'll end with this. Uh, you're obviously at basketball practice right now. We're, we're hearing some of the sounds in the background. Uh, this basketball team ranked technically 32nd in the AP poll, but also 15th in the Ken Palm rankings, the, the analytic rankings, computer rankings that come out. Uh, why, why do you think there's kind of a bit of a divide there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it comes down to the fact that Auburn, um, you know, the numbers, the, the, the computers like Auburn more because, especially in the SEC, because they return a decent bit. When you bring back Jani Broom, when you bring back Jalen Williams, when you bring back guys like Katie Johnson, um, you know, Chris Moore, Trey Donaldson, the guys who have played a decent bit of basketball uh, in the past, um, the computers are going to like you more than maybe the humans. And the humans are looking at recruiting rankings or they're looking at transfer class rankings. And they're probably looking at Auburn and saying, okay, well, they've got this coming back. They had a kind of a step back last year was, you know, kind of middle of the road in the SEC. All right, who did they bring in? Well, they brought in a five-star. Okay, that's good. Um, but, you know, you're bringing in um, Denver Jones, who was – on a not great FIU team, but put up some decent numbers. Obviously, some really good numbers in scoring. Uh, they're looking at it and saying, okay, they got a JUCO transfer in Chad Baker Mazzara, and they got a um, D2 transfer in Cheney Mazzara, or I'm sorry, in, in Cheney Johnson. When you see all that and put it all together, you can probably see how um, the humans uh, will look at it and say, well, Team X and Y right here um, have more transfers that we know about, they're more proven. Um, may have had a little bit better recruiting class instead of just the one star guy that Auburn's gotten. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where you, you see the kind of differential. I mean, I think Auburn's fourth in the SEC in Ken Palm. They were picked to finish sixth um, in the league uh, in the poll that came out today. I voted in that poll. I had Auburn at fifth, uh, I believe. Uh, if I can remember back to voting, I, I think I had Auburn at fifth, um, kind of splitting the difference there. So, you know, it, this team is, you know, 
this team's got a, got a lot coming back compared to a lot of teams. There's just so much roster turnover in the SEC and in college basketball that you kind of forget that, like, bringing back Jalen and Janai and these guys is, like, kind of ahead of the curve for most teams. But I think it has more to do with the fact that outside of Aiden Holloway, the guys that they brought in uh, aren't as big of name, like, big no, name, well-known names. And, um, you know, that's going to influence the humans a little bit. Getting closer and closer to basketball season just a few weeks away. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call. Justin, as always, the Times greatly appreciated. What do you have going on at the Observer this week? Yeah, a whole lot of stuff at the Observer. Uh, we got a couple stories on Auburn's offense. You can check out uh, some of the stuff we talked about, uh, some deep dives into the, you know, what's going on with Auburn's deep offense and what's, you know, what, what, they, what can they fix uh, tomorrow. Uh, we will have uh, a story on the defense up early in the morning along with the new friends of the program uh, podcast, which is always a lot of fun. And then we uh, I'll be at SEC Media Days tomorrow uh, for basketball. We'll have stuff on that on Thursday. Preview podcast on Thursday, 13 for 13, pushing that back to Friday. Mailbag is going to come out on Saturday this week. We'll have a ton of coverage from the Auburn Ole Miss game this weekend. So you're getting at least one or two things you know, every day if you subscribe to the Observer sent to your email inbox. Uh, AuburnObserver.com, $6 a month or $60 a year. All of our newsletters, all of our podcasts um, get sent so you can read and listen on your own time. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Hall. Ferg, again, as always, the time's greatly appreciated. Wish you well up at Media Days tomorrow, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Yep, y'all be good.